Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. Well, welcome on this Easter weekend. So glad you have joined us at the Neighborhood Church. We believe this is just a highlight in all of our lives as we gather together and think about and celebrate uh, the resurrection. We're going to talk to you about uh, three things uh, today. I'm going to talk about the Easter story. I'm going to talk to you about why I believe the Easter story. And I'm going to talk to you about why the Easter story is important and significant. But before we do that, uh, let's just pray together. Father, I thank you for this time together on uh, this Easter weekend. Thank you for what uh, you've done for us through your son. And I just pray now that you'll help us to hear what your spirit would want to say to us. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. It was about 1,990 years ago, on a weekend in the city of Jerusalem, the same Jerusalem that's in our news today, that uh, the disciples, the followers of Jesus, were filled with sadness and sorrow. Two days ago, the Lord they loved had been nailed to the cross as a criminal at the foot of a hill called Golgotha. And while he was on the cross, the crowd mocked him and said, if you're the son of God, why don't you come down from the cross? If you're the son of God, you could do it. Just get down from the cross. But Jesus stayed on the cross to carry our sins and to carry our rebellion, to carry our transgressions, to carry the fact that we needed to be put in a right relationship with God. Was on the cross for about three hours, At the end of the three hours, he cried out with the last bit of energy he had. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then his last words were, it is finished. Old English says he gave up the ghost. We would just say he breathed his last and he died. Two rather wealthy men in the city of Jerusalem, one of them uh, Joseph of Arimathea, the other named Nicodemus, got together, arranged to take his body off the cross and have him buried in a tomb. Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea was a wealthy man, owned a garden about a city block away from uh, where the cross had been, had a tomb in it that had never been used and took Jesus Buried him in the tomb. They sealed the tomb up really, really good because they wanted to uh, make sure nobody got in there. The disciples had believed that he was going to rise on the third day and they didn't want a bigger problem on their hands where his body disappeared. So they sealed the tomb and they set a Roman guard around the tomb. Roman guard is guarding the tomb all day Saturday. All day Saturday and Sunday morning, 
Mary Magdalene, one of the disciples, one of the followers of Jesus, and a couple of other ladies went with her, made the way to the tomb. They wanted to uh, just be there. They're walking towards the tomb, and as they're arriving at the tomb, it's early dawn, the sun is just about to rise, they're walking towards the tomb, and there's two men there, and, and they're glowing, and the stone's been rolled away, and they say to Mary, uh, he's not here, he's risen just like he said it. And Mary turned around as quick as she could and just walked back to the city of Jerusalem and said to all the disciples, Jesus is not at the tomb, he's gone. And there were men there saying he's risen. Most of the disciples thought it was a bunch of rubbish, but Peter and John had to go check it out for themselves. And Peter and John set themselves a running and they arrived at the tomb and they looked inside, and all that was in the tomb were strips of cloth. Jesus was not there. Jesus was risen. Peter and John are guys, so when they saw that Jesus wasn't there, they said, huh, Jesus isn't there. And they went back to the city of Jerusalem, but Mary, Mary's a lady. She needs to process a little while. And she stays at the tomb and she's crying and weeping. And a man comes up to her and says, why are you crying? Mary thought this man was the gardener and she said, haven't you heard? Uh, Jesus was buried and his body's gone. Do you know where his body is? And the gardener looked at her and said, Mary. And when Mary heard her name, she looked up and she recognized him. And it was Jesus. And she wanted to give Jesus a hug. Said Jesus said, don't do that. Just go back and tell the disciples that I'm alive that I've risen from the dead. That's the Easter story. Well, I've told you the Easter story. Let me talk to you now about why I believe the Easter story. One of the fascinating parts of the Easter story is the chief priests and the Pharisees were so concerned that the disciples might be trying to pulled something off here that they went to, uh, went to Pilate, went to the governing authorities and said, let's make sure there's a Roman guard at the, at the tomb and let's seal that thing up really, really tight because these, these guys, these disciples, uh, they were following a deceiver and the deceiver said he was going to rise on the third day and we just want to make sure they're not able to pull off a hoax here. So the government agreed to send a Roman guard to stand around the, around the tomb. They sealed it tight. Peter arrived and arrived at the scene, arrived at the tomb with John, and in spite of all their efforts, nobody was there. Jesus had risen. Jesus had risen 
from the dead in spite of everything they've tried to do. I watch cop shows. It's a genre I'm comfortable with. They're ultimately all the same. They're pretty predictable. Somebody does something terrible and they end up in a room being uh, investigated by the officers and the officers ask them the question, uh, probing what happened here, what really happened. And, and they, of course, deny that they had anything to do with it. Oh, it had nothing to do with me, sir. I don't know what you're talking about. But eventually they get enough people in there and always somebody cracks. Always somebody gives up. Always somebody tells what really happened. Interesting. That the disciples believed this story so much that none of them cracked. I, I, you got to admit, it's a strange story. Jesus rises from the dead, and uh, the disciples hang out with them for a lot, a lot, a lot of days. They eat fish together, they go for walks together, they talk together, uh, they hang out together, and then together they see Jesus ascend to, to heaven. It's, it's a strange story. It'd be pretty hard to, to believe unless it was really, really true. And I'm convinced it was absolutely true because in the course of their life, none of these disciples cracked. If they were part of a conspiracy, they would have been hiding something. And at some point, someone in the crowd would have cracked. One of them would have given in. But the story doesn't go like that. That is not what happened. Philip and Andrew were crucified. They gave their life. They didn't crack. They said, no, this thing I've given my life to is true. Peter. Peter denied the Lord. After the Last Supper. And yet... Uh, came out proclaiming the truth of the resurrection. Peter watched his own wife being crucified. And Peter was crucified himself. James and Matthias were beheaded. Bartholomew was whipped to death. James, the son of Alphaeus, tradition tells us that uh, he was stoned to death. Doubting Thomas said, I'll have to see it to believe it. But he gave his life for the truth of the risen Lord. Killed with a spear, Simon the Zealot was cut in half in Persia for his faith. Let's talk a little bit about some of the people who recorded the Bible story in Scripture. Guys like Matthew killed with a sword in Ethiopia. Luke was hung. John died in a boiling vat of oil. The Apostle Paul spent years in prison and was eventually beheaded. That's it. All of them chose to die for the truth of the resurrection. If this thing had been a hoax, my friends, if this thing had been a hoax, one of them would have cracked. One of them said, no, 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 that really didn't happen. We've been fooling you all these years. I'm not going to die for a lie. There was nothing in it for them. There was no money. There was no fame in sticking to this story. 
All they were doing was standing up for the truth. Friends, if you're not going to believe in the resurrection, you have to get by these 13 guys first. These 13 guys who saw him, these 13 guys who were willing to give their lives for what they saw. Hoax? Not in my books. Not in my books. So I've talked to you about two things so far today. I've talked about the Easter story, what the Easter story is. I've talked about why, why I believe the Easter story. And now I want to just take a couple of minutes and talk about why the Easter story matters. One of the fascinating parts of this story is, uh, is what happens in uh, the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 28. The soldiers uh, who guarded the, the tomb when Mary arrived and uh, the angels appeared and declared that uh, he was risen. They looked inside and the tomb was en empty. The, the guards were deeply shaken, full of fear. Scripture says it was as if they were dead. They were just absolutely stunned. And they made their way back in the Matthew 28 story to uh, the, the bosses of the guards who then went and got the chief priests and they said, this is what happened. And the chief priests uh, said, oh, we can't let that get out. We can't let this story out there. That'll really be problems for us. And they paid those guards a big chunk of money, Matthew chapter 28, 12, 13, 14, 15 in there, uh, so they would keep their mouth shut. So the real conspiracy here isn't Jesus being alive. The real conspiracy is pretending that Jesus wasn't alive. The greatest problem for all of us is not the resurrection. The problem for us is not accepting the resurrection of Christ. The problem for us is recognizing that we are sinners. Most of us prefer to see ourselves in a, in a different light. But I just want to read a short portion of scripture to you here, a few verses from Ephesians chapter 2. I'm reading out of the contemporary English version. This is written to people who have already uh, acknowledged the resurrection and would call themselves followers of Christ. It says, in the past you followed the ways of this world and obeyed the devil. He rules the world and has power over everyone who doesn't obey God. Once we were also ruled by the selfish desires of our bodies and minds. We'd made God angry and we were going to be punished like everyone else. But God was merciful. We were dead because of our sins. But God made us alive, loved us so much that he made us alive with Christ. It's God's gift of undeserved grace that saves us. 
the problem most of us have is not grappling with the resurrection. The resurrection isn't a hoax. It's actually one of the most proven uh, facts of history. The problem for most of us is we just don't want to acknowledge that we're not everything we should be and we're sinners. Maybe today you've never accepted the great gift of God's mercy. God wants to pour out mercy on you. That's why he sent his son to the cross. That's why he defeated death and the resurrection. Because he wanted to pour out mercy upon you. Right from the beginning of your life, your whole life, God's heart has been to pour out mercy upon you. And all you have to do on this Easter weekend is open your heart up real big to God and say, yeah, Lord, I believe the story. And your day can change, the sun can rise. Everything can be different for you if you just open your heart to the mercy of God. Neighborhood church is full of people who've accepted the mercy of God. City of Saskatoon, Martinsville, down in the area. Province of Saskatchewan is full of people who've accepted the mercy of God. God's mercy is available to you. And I'd invite you on this Easter weekend when our world is in such a dark place to let the sun shine in invite Jesus into your life and to receive his mercy we're putting a text number up on the screen right now why don't you text that number we'll help you uh, take those steps and experience the mercy of God but let me end today by just praying with you and praying for you what a great thing Lord that in your plans and great love and great mercy towards us. You took upon human flesh, you came down to this world, you lived amongst us, and then you experienced the cruel death of a criminal. And in doing that, you took all of our sins so we didn't have to carry them anymore. This great act of love and this great act of mercy, we thank you for it. And Father, for those who may be listening right now as I stand on the beautiful banks of this beautiful river, I pray, Lord, that they would open their hearts up to the wonderful mercy of God. And they would say, Oh, come, Lord, forgive me. I receive your kindness. Do that deep work in each of those hearts, each of our hearts today. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen and amen. Have a wonderful Easter. God loves you more than you've ever realized. You prayed a prayer like we just prayed for the first time today. Would you take time to just text us and let us know you did that? We'd love to get to know you. We'd love to help you on the journey. Thank you for listening in today.
We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.